Welcome everyone to our digital broadcast tonight and thank you for joining us. Last week we focused on the events leading up to the cross where it looked like it was religion for losers. Nothing seemed to be what the disciples expected, but this week in contrast, we're focusing on the redemption that's offered to all and the part those same losers played in Jesus's plan. And my specific topic tonight is Jesus returning to those who abandoned him. Let's pray before we begin. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you tonight thanking you for the redemption that you've offered to each one of us. Lord, show us how to accept your wonderful gift. Be with us tonight and anoint our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. It's, it's moving to think about how the disciples must have felt after Jesus was crucified. Their hopes had been crushed and they were afraid. And even though Jesus had previously conveyed to them the events that were about to come to pass, they still didn't understand. My main scriptures tonight will come from the last chapter in Luke and the first two chapters of Acts. But I'd like to start earlier in Luke, in chapter 18, verses 31 to 34, where Jesus predicts his death. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. So verse 31, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked, treated shamefully and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again but they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them. They failed to grasp what he was talking about. Then they were surprised when Jesus returned to them. He had a purpose for his disciples to fulfill, and I'm continuing tonight where Arash left off last evening. So I'm starting in Luke chapter 24, verses 35 to 45. Jesus appears to his disciples. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then asked them, do you have anything here to eat? He gave, they gave him a piece of broiled fish 
and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now I want you to pay attention to this next verse. It really speaks volumes. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus is about to tell the disciples something to open their minds, to help them understand the scriptures. Obviously, they had not understood what he told them previously. They didn't understand why he'd been crucified. They had abandoned him. And of the disciples, only John had been present when he was crucified. So the information he's about to convey helped them to understand the scriptures. So isn't it also going to help us to understand the scriptures as well? So let's look closely at what Jesus says here and see how it relates to the entire purpose of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. Jesus has returned to his disciples to tell them how to carry out his plan. And they're going to understand this time when it's explained. In Luke 24, Jesus is giving final instructions to his disciples. You know how it is when you're going away and someone's going to take care of your property or your pets. I know that I take the time to write out a careful list of everything that's important, and then just before leaving, I go over it with ever, whoever the caretaker will be. So the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke contain just such last minute details before Jesus goes away. So it's important. Jesus is instructing the disciples concerning the kingdom of God. This is what he told them before leaving. So I'm at Luke 24, verses 46 to 49. <clears throat> and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed. So remember that part, a message is going to be proclaimed in the authority of his name. So. His name will be attached to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. So let's remember those parts. There is forgiveness of sins to all who repent. So there's an additional part. You're all witnesses to these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city. What city? Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. This power from heaven would make it possible for them to proclaim this very message. Remember these pieces that Jesus emphasized would be preached. Authority of his name, Jesus Christ. It would be to all nations and it would begin at Jerusalem and there would be forgiveness of sins and repentance preached. And his Holy Spirit would be sent to fill them with power from heaven before this takes place. So he is saying 
that he chose to suffer and die and then be raised on the third day so that this message could be preached. The same message containing all the elements listed in the passage found in Acts is found in Acts chapters 1 and 2. What a transformation takes place in the twelve that prepare them to carry out Jesus' plan. He opened their understanding. So let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And this is a continuation of the events from Luke chapter 24. In my first book, the first book was Luke, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So Jesus spent time with the apostles for 40 days talking to them about the kingdom of God. Imagine what that would be like. After preaching the gospel accompanied by signs and wonders, new tongues, casting out devils, recovery of the sick. This is what they were going to be doing. <clears throat> they were told to wait in Jerusalem until he sent the Holy Spirit to fill them with power. So Acts chapter one, verses four and eight and nine. And it continues the themes from Luke chapter 24. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. They're going to be different. They're, they're not gonna be the losers they were. Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. It's interesting that the account in the beginning of Acts matches the message Jesus gave the apostles in the last chapter of Luke. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost, just as Jesus promised. Acts chapter two, verses one through four. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Now they've received the power that Jesus spoke of. They're now equipped for their mission. They now have power from heaven. So in Luke 24, verse 47, Jesus told them that this message would be proclaimed to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. It's happening just like Jesus said it would. 
Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 5. At that time, let's see. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. People from every nation were present in Jerusalem. In Luke 24, when Jesus appeared to them, he opened their understanding. We all can use our understanding to be opened. He said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name. And after re receiving the Holy Spirit, Peter begins to preach in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. The eleven stand with him in agreement. Let's see what Peter preached. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Peter's preaching to the crowd. Now think about Peter denying Jesus and slinking away. This is not the same Peter. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is too early for that. So what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Peter is speaking with authority. He's shouting to the crowd. He had denied Jesus, but he was different now. He'd been transformed by the Holy Spirit. He continues to inform the crowd that they have crucified the Lord. I urge you to go back and read all of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to skip down to verse 36 through 41. So let everyone, this is Peter preaching, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? That's a question we all have to come to. What should we do? Peter has preached. He causes them to realize what they've done and they feel guilty. They want to know how they can make it right. And Peter tells them more of what Jesus told the disciples when he appeared to them and opened their understanding. The message that Jesus died is, is being preached by Peter. So Peter replied in verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins, repentance was included in Luke, and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. That was included in Luke 24. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, that was predicted. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So Jesus returned 
to those who abandoned him so that he could give final instructions. What he told his disciples opened their understanding to the scriptures. This information is also key to our understanding today. Jesus died so this message could be preached. So let's take the elements in this passage from Luke 24, where Jesus returned to his disciples and compare them one by one with the contents in the first two chapters of Acts. So Jesus did send the Holy Spirit and fill them with power from heaven in Acts 2, 1 through 4. This message was proclaimed in the authority of his name, Jesus Christ, in Acts 2.38. It was preached to all nations because all nations were present at that time in Acts 2.5. And it was first preached on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And it included repentance and forgiveness of sins through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. So all the things that Jesus told them at the end of Luke were fulfilled in, in the first two chapters of Acts. The entire account of Jesus returning to those who abandoned him emphasizes the plan that Jesus fulfilled in his life, death, and resurrection. It shows his plan to rescue his people from the sin that had been passed down throughout history. He empowers the fallible people through his spirit to take this salvation message to the ends of the earth. We've been blessed to believe on Jesus through the apostles' words. And I'd like to close with some observations from Sister Dahlia. First, Jesus did not forsake his disciples for their actions toward him, but returned to them, demonstrating his love and his forgiveness. And number two, in order to take the gospel to all the world, the disciples could not go on their own strength. They had to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And third, the plan of salvation was not limited just to that time, but it's also for future generations and to the entire world. So Jesus Christ made his glorious redemption plan available to all. Although the disciples appeared to be losers, God worked his perfect plan through them. And today we're recipients of this perfect plan carried down through the generations. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, you've always been faithful to us. You've always loved and cared for us. May your spirit abide in each of us and give us the power to be your witnesses wherever we go. Use us to spread this gospel to those around us. In Jesus' name. Good night, everyone.